Hey guys, Pastor Jurgen here. I'm so glad you're tuning into one of our powerful messages that is guaranteed to absolutely elevate your life to another level. At Awaken, we only want to preach fresh, real, powerful to help you grow stronger in your walk with God, develop your faith so you can take more territory. I'm praying that God blesses you and enriches your soul as you listen to this amazing word from God. God bless you. Oh, you guys, we have the best church in the world. And I tell you what, I saw a lot of incredible women up here tonight, yeah. but do we have any emerged men in the house? That's what I'm talking about. Need a little testosterone. That in was here. pretty amazing. Pastor Dana, thank you for That's that. Right. Stephanie, where are you? What a powerhouse you are. Oh my gosh. The wisdom that is yes. carried by the people in this church. I'm so, so grateful. Well, you can take a seat. It's going to be a good night. 26 years of marriage. I can't believe it. Tonight. I mean, it's, it happened today, so it's hard to believe. It happened today. It's I mean, right. today's been a whirlwind. So yeah. it's, okay, so uh, trying, we're going to give you our very best, so give us some grace. Trying to do like a message has its own challenges, but then when you try to do it with your spouse, wow. <laughs> You'd think that after 26 years of marriage, we would like have it down. Oh, yeah. He was like, I thought you were going to like give me the points, and I was going to know. I'm like, you weren't helping me, so I just made it all written down. He's like, this is in your, this is not my thoughts. I'm like, wow, this is going to be really great. This was like two hours before church, you guys, so... <laughs> So it's going to be good. Whatever comes out is meant to come out. God's with us tonight. Thank you, Jesus. Help us very much. All right. Well, the title of our message after, um, after 26 years of marriage, we've learned a couple things, and we're going to share those with you. We have learned how to live right and how to fight right. So we're going to talk about that tonight. We're going to talk about how to live right and how to fight right. But before I do, I know I've already shared so much gratitude tonight, but I just really, really, I have such a thankful heart. Like when I'm in here during worship, I just want to cry because I'm so grateful for this house that has shaped who we are, has shaped our marriage after being here for 13 years. 13 plus? Yeah. And I'm so thankful for this house because we are who we are because of this house and because of our lead pastors, Pastor Jurgen and Leanne, that have created an environment like this where nothing is off limits. Nothing is off limits. And can we just thank our, our campus pastors, Pastor John and Pastor Becky? We have the best of the best. The best of the best. Like I still think they've launched like every campus every, pastor out yeah, of here. Yeah, every leader's so come out of this house. Under their leadership. Yeah. We're honored to be under your leadership. Honored. Be your armor bearers, so we love you guys. Yeah, we do. So if you... Um, did not get to hear, or even if you did, go back and re-listen to the Heinrichs in the Hot Seat that they did on Sunday and on Wednesday. It is gold. Like, I'm just going to listen to that, live that, and yeah. go with the next 26 years of our life. It's going to work. So, um, so what I love about this series, and I know you guys are all loving it because everyone keeps coming up and saying, like, okay, we need to talk about this, and we need to talk about inlets, and we need to talk about children, and we need to talk, and I'm like, I know, we need to talk about all of those things, and we've been talking about trying to get all of it in, and so today we're going to talk about a couple things that didn't get answered yet by time with the Heinrichs, and then we're going to see if we can't tackle a few more things. So um, here's the beautiful thing about this, like, God can redeem, and he can heal, and some of you got some of that healing last Wednesday when we got to pray for that so beautifully. But what's so cool about the Bible is that God gives us boundaries. He gives us guardrails. 
And that's what I want to talk about tonight. We're getting ready to go up to the mountains um, and take our family next week. And as we go up that windy road, there's going to be guardrails on each side of the mountain, right? And I could look at those guardrails and I could be like, oh my gosh, I can't believe they put guardrails on this road. I can't believe they're not letting me go where I want to go, when I want to do it. Like these guardrails are so triggering to me. Why can't I just go wherever I want to go, right? I mean, that sounds so silly because what happens if those guardrails aren't there? I will go off a cliff and destroy my life. And so that is what the Bible does when it gives us guardrails. So I know it sounds silly. I think you just summed up the Bible, babe. Yeah, right? So let's talk about some of those guardrails. Ephesians 5.15 says, be careful how you live, not as wise, but unwise, making I can't Most read my of writing. every opportunity. Thank you. I got your back, babe. I know you do. <laughs> because if we stay in those boundaries, there will be less trauma. There will be blessing. There'll be joy. There'll be promises. There'll be peace. And then we don't have to go through the healing, even though God can do it. Amen? All right. So rapid fire. Are we ready to talk about the first thing? Let's do it. Yeah. We don't have a lot of time tonight, but we're going to hit some two big major issues. Number one, singleness. Do we have any singles in the room? It's like my favorite thing All to right. talk about. We're talking to the right crowd singles. here. All right. Now you may be single because you've never found Mr. and Mrs. Wright. You may be single due to an unfortunate divorce, or you may be single due to being widowed. So we want to touch on a little bit of each and every one Good. of those. But the biggest thing I want to encourage your heart, um, I was single uh, post high school for almost a decade. I learned a lot of things uh, in that time frame. Number one is go to God. That is number one thing I can tell you. He knows the desires of your heart. He put your beginning and your end. Amen. He's got the greatest pathway already marked out for you. So if you've got God, you're really not alone. Yeah, great, great. But are you seeking him? Are you leaning on him first? And so that's what I did. I, you know, I went out there to the bars and the clubs, and then I basically said, God, this does not work. I'm not finding the quality that I deserve. <laughs> Literally, that's what yeah. I said. I said, it's on you now. You made my helper. You said it's not suitable for me to be alone, so it's your turn. And he, he gave her this beautiful woman to me three months later. So might be a tip in there for you. Good. But chase after the, uh, God with all your heart. You know, he will bring that desire. And then, you know, you need to live right. And the best way to do that is live life on purpose. Great. You know, actually enjoy that singleness. Yeah. Because you get to make all the decisions. You get to spend all the money the way you want to spend to. There's nobody talking back, True. giving you, you know. I mean, it's a, it's a great season. Yeah. Don't disparage it. So, uh, but work on yourself. And let me encourage you what to work on. Number one, work on your health, you know. And you're not working on your health, really, for others. You're working on it for you. Because when you look good and you feel good, guess what? It brings confidence. And I love what Elvis said. A little boy came up, said, Elvis, how do you get all the girls? He looked him in the eye and he said, one thing, son, confidence. Wasn't the fame, wasn't the good looks, it was confidence. But be healthy, be strong, and be wise in the stewarding of your finances. Number one, tithe. Give to God. Let him bless that. Number two, save. Put something away. You may need it to pay your future spouse's credit card bills. Just saying. Oh my gosh. Just saying. There was a couple of those. Yes. <laughs> and, and number three, live below your means. 
I actually did all these things. And uh, yeah, living below your means, just uh, it, it, that saving account just keeps going up. It's pretty great. Then I came in and made his life fabulous. So. Yeah. <laughs> Two and a half years of mutual funds. But uh, oh, the best part, my uh, father-in-law, he gave me a great tip when I was courting this beautiful woman. He's like, hey, if you want to be married to her, you better be a millionaire. And I was like, okay, I'll work on that. <laughs> so she didn't have a million dollars worth of debt, but yeah, we made it work. And then finally... Um, I did, did you say I had a million dollars worth of debt? No, no, that was, you're just hearing wrong, babe. <laughs> I told you, we may be working this okay, message out Okay, so it's going to be stage. like that tonight. Okay, yeah. I got it, I got it. <laughs> All right, last point, last point, last point. Work on your worth. And I think a lot of people like, may struggle in your worth and your value based on the season of singleness. And so, again, get into the word. Let yeah. God define your worth. Right. Let God define your value. You're the most important person on earth to God. He would have given his one and only son just for you. So if you have that mindset, I already have worth. I already have value. Yes. God only made one of me. I am one of a kind. There has never been, there never will be. I'm one of a kind. I've got gifts. I've got talents. I've got abilities. And if you don't know what they are, get in a connect group. Because you know what a connect group is? It's a group of friends that will help you and encourage you to live your best life, to become your best self, and to find that future spouse. Love it. All right. That's all I got to say about that. That's all you got to say about that. Let's talk about some practical things. Yes. All right. Start all right, right men, this one's a big one. You don't have to wait till you've got it all figured out. Yes. You don't already have to be a success, have this, that, and the other. Yeah. You know what I've learned along the way is like going back to my father-in-law, you better be a millionaire to afford her. I thought to myself, well, I could either wait years and become a millionaire, or I could ask this beautiful woman to be my bride, and we could build millions together. That is the key for you men. Do not wait. This is your helper. This is the one that is going to take you on an accelerated pace to success. It's true. It's true. So ladies, practical, okay? If you want to be asked out, if you're looking for a spouse, then be approachable. Like, I know it sounds simple, but like sometimes I see women that are frustrated with dating, which I understand if you are, let's get some advice, let's get some wisdom on that, but then smile and be approachable. Show men that you're friendly, right? And guys, you need to man up. Tell the guys to man up, Charles. Hey man, I don't know. If you see a beautiful woman, go make a friend. If nothing else, I mean, invite her to coffee. I mean, yeah, this is the coffee. way, this is just the way I learned about it. Maybe just because I was raised by ladies and I just love and appreciate them. But every one of you beautiful, amazing ladies out there, if, if I was, you know, interested in you, I'd ask you to coffee. And my, my number one agenda would be to find out about God's most beautiful daughter. You know, what you're about, what are your likes, what are your interests, tell me about your family, your occupation, what do you do for recreation? And if nothing else, I was like, wow, I got to meet one of the most beautiful women in the world. And you may know a friend that that might be the right match. Right. But if you have that mindset, you're going in there to give something, not just to get something. Right. You never know how God is going to orchestrate yep. that conversation. Yeah, yep. yep. so yep. good. So the guys are going to man up and ask the girls out. Yes. And the girls are going to say... Yes. Just say yes. 
Okay, take that list that Pastor John and Becky talked about so brilliantly and just put it in your back pocket right now. God already knows all the desires of your heart. He's going to bring them when it's time, but you are going to let God surprise you in some of these moments. It's just coffee. It's just drinks, okay? So go and say yes and enjoy yourself. And then I want to just, I'm going to be bold, okay, because I want what's best for you. And, and I have so many of these individual conversations with ladies, like, separately. But ladies, when you're on these dates, well, actually, ladies and men, okay, guard your heart a little bit. I know we hear guard your heart in a lot of different ways out of the Bible. But I want you to guard your heart a little bit in the sense that it is just coffee. It is just drinks. Like, you don't need to attach yourself to this yet, Okay, wait a little bit before you get down that road, like get some wisdom and then you can you can do that. But um, I, I just sometimes I see this like out of frustration, I see like this desperation. And I understand because you're, you're excited to get to the next level. You're excited to get for what God has for you in this next season. But I just want to encourage you to enjoy this process. Figure out what you can learn about yourself and about the person you're sitting across the table from in this process. Because there's this really fine line between being hopeful and being desperate. And so if you start feeling desperate and anxious, I just want to encourage you, like, take a moment, recognize what that feels like, and go, okay, Lord, I feel like if I'm feeling this, then maybe what I'm doing is going to fear instead of trusting you with my, with my future. And so if I'm feeling, as soon as that anxiousness comes up, it's just like, no, Lord, I'm going to trust you for what you have coming. I know you've got the best for me. I'm not going to let fear come in. I'm not going to kind of try to control or manipulate the situation. I'm just going to trust God because I know God will bring it when it's the right time. Yeah. If I can just amen that, it's, you, know how you, you know how you do that is you know your worth and your value. Good. You know, if you've ever been to an interview, do you come in there begging for the job or do you come in there, tell me why I should work for your company? Do you know what skill set that Confidence. I'm bringing? And so that's how you should look at like maybe a, a date and stuff. You know your worth, you know your value, and you're not settling. Good. So it works because I did not um, marry Charles because he was everything on my list. What? I. <laughs> I'm just now finding you out about this. You are now. Now, after 26 years, you are the man of my dreams. Thank you. Thank but you. But I just said yes because he asked me out, and it was a ball. And I was like, oh, that sounds fun. Okay, I'll go to that. And, and, and in the process, I learned that this was my dream man. But my point was he didn't ask me out, and then I didn't go, hold on. Let me see if this is the right one. Let me see if this is the right thing. I just said yes. I just said yes. And then in that process... It was God that said, this is the right person for you. Yeah. Quickly. He actually said it really, really quickly. And we got married quickly. But it was because God was like, no, this is the right person for you. And this is why I'm telling you to do it that way. Because then when things are rough or when we're going through a, a, a super not fun season or a situation, I don't look at him and go, oh, maybe I didn't do the right thing. I don't have to do that because I know God told me to marry him. So therefore, I just, I don't have to look this way. I can just look at God and be like, okay, all right. This is what I'm supposed to be doing. So I need you to give me wisdom in this area. I need you, Thank you to God. help me tell what to do with him. Yeah, and, and the whole point of dating is just to figure out, is that your person? Is that the one you're right. supposed to be with? Um, and the thing is, you know, that's somebody's daughter. 
Yep. And that's somebody's future wife, maybe yep. yours, maybe somebody else's. So yeah. treat them with respect. And you know, men, you've done it right if they speak more highly of you after the date than they did before the date. Yeah. That's how you've done it right. Yeah. So leave each other better than the way you found each other. Yes. That's the way we do yeah. it here at Awaken Church, all right? Okay, lastly on this. Um, I, I think we can do, I just want to encourage all of us to do even better as a community, okay? Like, I, I think we can show the world what, this re, what community really looks like in this way. I, yes, I want you to be invested in each other. And yes, I want you to hold each other accountable and help each other with the guardrails. So you're going to encourage one another and you're going to help each other find dates and you're going to encourage each other to say yes and, and be casual and be fun. But then... Um, I also want you to, to do that on the other end. So let's say somebody goes out and they're dating and it doesn't work out. So then you're like, great, because they're already going to treat them with respect. We're already going to leave each other better than we found each other. So now there's no reason for us as a community to pick sides, okay, in the breakup. There's no reason to keep talking about it, right? There's no reason to make someone a villain or to, or to, ha or to now feel like that guy can't ask somebody else out. He's not a player if he asks out more than one person at church. Because he's trying to find his person, and he's going to do it right, so therefore we don't have to worry about it. Trust me, if there's a wolf here, the guys are going to find him, okay? We will deal with them as we need to. All right, so here's the reason. Singleness, I could talk about singleness all night. It's one of my favorite things to talk about. I have been able to, to see so, so many of you do it right, and so many of you get, get ready to, Jack and Shannon, get married in like 10 days. And like so many of you now starting to date and putting a ring on it. And, and I've watched Pastor Becky set up half the church and she does it well. And so it is so much fun to watch you guys. And so Charles and I are happy to have this conversation and talk to many of you and walk many of you through this. But we have to stop because of time. And what I want to encourage you to do, especially for our young adults, if you are between the ages of 18 and 29, you're in our young adults, you're in a connect group, you've already plugged in. If you're not, a great time to get plugged in is next Sunday night here at church. I think it's the 29th. This night, this, thank you. It's, so it's this Sunday is the 19th. Pat, we're going to have Pastor, Pastor Mike and Katie Yeager, okay, it's from a different campus here. They're coming in. They're going to talk specifically about all the questions we've got about singleness, okay? So we're not leaving you hanging. We're going to talk about how to do it well, how to, all the things. They have lived and done life without the church, and they have lived and done life with the church. So come and get all the wisdom that they can on that, okay? So we're so going to keep talking about singleness with them. Okay. But now we're going to move on to something fun. One, one more point. Oh, oh. Advanced tip. Anybody want an advanced tip? Yes. All Extra right. credit. Every single one of you should be in a connect group. And if you've got the guts, you should ask this. They're your peers. They're your friends. And just say, tell me the great things that you like about me, and then tell me the things I could be better at. I mean, I, I was just talking with my daughter, and there's, you know, a friend that has some quirks. And so most people would tend to just avoid and ignore, and then that person is left, not knowing, not having someone to come alongside them and help them and speak life into them. And maybe you should do things this way, or maybe don't over-talk every time someone's trying to talk to you, you know. So just an encouraging tip. If you're single, let somebody speak into your life. If you've got the guts, ask, because it's only going to benefit you. So good. And married. Let's all do that. That's so yes, good. Absolutely. All right. Have any of you ever been in a fight or a disagreement? Ever? Yeah. 
Yeah. When you're married. Doesn't have to be physical. Verbals are wow. much worse. I didn't even think about that, Charles. Okay, so I guess either one. All right, well, I, I want to give you some tools. I wanna, we we want to give you some tools. We want to give you some tips that you're going to be able to take with you to put in your tool bag to help you fight right, okay? So fights don't have to turn into hurt and wounds, okay? They just, let's give you some ways that they can be productive. Conflict resolution, okay? All right. Um, so I don't know where I heard this phrase. I don't know who came up with it. Um, but we've recently adopted it, and it's been super helpful. So are you ready? I want you to write this down. Yes. It's called Stay in Cleveland. Has anybody else ever heard this phrase? Okay, I don't know where I got it. I was trying to Google it today and find out. I don't know. Maybe it was Holy Spirit. But it's called Stay in Cleveland. The, I, the idea behind this phrase is that Cleveland, okay, listen, if you're live streaming and you're from Cleveland, like, I love you from Awakened Church. I'm really it's an analogy, sorry. People. It's just an example. I don't know who made it up. But the idea is that Cleveland is like the sticky place. It's like the fight. It's where you don't want to be, okay? So stay in Cleveland. I've never been there. I'm sure Cleveland is lovely if you're watching from Cleveland. <laughs> but um, the thought is that people don't want to be there. They don't want to be in Cleveland. They want to get out of there as fast as they can. So Cleveland represents the fight that you're having in the moment, okay? So recent example, and I mean recent. This was like Saturday night. Yeah, okay, Saturday night. Charles was gone all week. I wasn't feeling good. I went to go pick him up. It's like 11 o'clock. So we've already got like a really terrible scenario, right? All the things. And, um, and he's like, hey, do you want me to drive? I went and picked him up at the airport. He's like, do you want me to drive? And Which was really thoughtful. But I was like, no, because I've learned that if he drives, he doesn't listen to me, okay? He, like, focuses on the road and who's passing him and who he can pass and how he can get home faster than that person and, like, all those things. It's like a, it's like a mission. Not a destination to so get annoying. to quickly. And so I'm like, I have a whole week's worth of stuff to fill you in on. And I think we actually had like three text messages like we had an answer that we needed to get back to someone. So I'm trying to talk. I don't feel good. And I'm like just trying to talk to him and tell him all the things. And he's doing this. Oh, maybe you should change lanes. Oh, watch out for that car. Oh, maybe do, where's our exit? Do you know where our exit is? And I'm like, oh, okay. I was like, concerned for our safety. Oh, wow. <laughs> Just so you know. Let's not talk about who's yeah. the better driver. That protection. might not go well for you, Charles. I'm just telling you right now. So after about like the fifth time of him, I was like, you need to stop criticizing me. Like, and he was like, what are you talking about? He was like, I'm not criticizing you. You're the one that criticizes me every time I'm driving. These girls are on me 24-7 in the vehicle true. about every it's driving move. I'm working Can any on man it. relate out there? <laughs> I have so many things to say, but I'm working on that. So I'm like, you're not even listening to me. Like, I'm trying to tell you something that we need to make a decision on, and all you're doing is thinking about everybody else that's not important on the road. We spent like 30 minutes of our precious time after really not talking all week and not seeing each other, like arguing about all the other things. But if we would have just stayed in Cleveland, the main issue, we would have resolved things quickly, okay? I could have just said like, hey, babe, like, I feel like you're criticizing my driving and it makes me feel like you don't trust me or that I'm not capable. That would have been really simple. I didn't do that. And then Charles should have said, like, <laughs> take notes. He should have said, I'm really sorry. I didn't mean to make you feel that way. In and 
And I always tell her, like, babe, you always say the most perfect thing that I would never think of. I just, I just don't have it in me. I do. You should think <laughs> of those like, things before I, I say them. That. That's the whole point. Man. And so, quick note here. Like, don't just say, I'm sorry, okay? Don't just say, I'm sorry. What comes next is, for what? Yes, it does. You never get away with just a, I'm sorry. We've done this even with our children, because here's why. I'm sorry means I don't want to talk about this anymore. Can uh, we please move on? For everything? Yeah. Hoping that covers it. That would be good. So the posture is not, I'm sorry, quote, I just want to move on with this and get out of Cleveland, okay? The posture is, will you please forgive me? That's what we've done with our kids. How, doesn't that feel different? Like, there's a different posture to that. Will you please forgive me means I recognize that I could have done better, and I'm asking for forgiveness. Okay. So... We're emotionally charged in the car. We've spent 20 minutes talking about, I don't even know, not good things because we didn't stay in Cleveland. So um, he's saying, like, it's, I mean, it's turned into, like, you don't respect me. And, and, and These I'm things like, go down rabbit holes. And it's like, what were we even arguing about we're at the like beginning? We're, like, sitting in front of a friend's house because we had to pick up Skyla after a dance. And she gets in the car, and she literally goes, what's happening in here? And I was like, <laughs> you can feel the energy, you know? So if you notice, though, those same big things coming up, like, like I find myself more than once saying, you're not listening to me, and he has found himself more than once saying, like, you don't respect me, that's real. I'm not saying don't go back at a different time and address that. There's obviously something there, and you need to get to the root of that, and you need to address it, and you might even need to get some help in that area. But this little stay in Cleveland is going to help you because you're going to stay in that in that one quick argument that you're having in Cleveland, one thing at a time, and you're gonna like resolve that little thing and it's not gonna turn into a big thing, okay? Okay. All right, you ready for the next one? The bomb analogy. That's good, okay. All right, so imagine you got a bomb sitting in your living room and you and your significant other have a choice. You can pick it up and throw it at each other, <laughs> which happens probably frequently. Yeah. Or you can devise a way to defuse the bomb together. And get it out of your house completely. Yes. Yes. So this is how you do that. So the bomb's obviously an argument or a fight or an issue that's in your house, right? It's the respect issue. It's the not listening issue. It's whatever the issue is. We can turn to one another and and throw it at each other and go at it. Or we can go like this. And then we can go after the bomb. Okay, that not only like I want you to see this posture, it's different because it's the two of us going after whatever the issue is. Okay, so now we're united in it, end up going after this. Because here's the deal. The devil would love to use any little problem in your marriage, make it bigger than it is and create disunity between the two of you. He does it all the time. So don't let the devil do that. And men just encourage you, you know, the devil does roam around like a roaring lion, seeing who he can devour. So as men, if you see him devouring you or your wife, you need to recognize what the real enemy is. It's the devil. It's not your spouse. Yeah. Yeah. You have sat me down and been like, hey. Yeah, there, there was a, yeah, it was a, man, I encourage you to go to men's this prayer. Is this is my men's prayer plug. But, uh, you know, being married 26 years, you, you go through a lot of things. And we, uh, we had a season where my wife was speaking in a way and acting in a way that I had never seen before. 
and discerning of spirits. You have it when you have the gift of the Holy Spirit. I recognize this was a foreign enemy. This was someone operating within my wife. And it was, I mean, I've been in war zones as a 20-year Marine. But to stand up to your wife and say, there's a demonic force operating within you, and we're going to cast that baby out right now. You know, that's, that could have went one of two ways. Yeah, I may be six foot under after that one. You're so brave. So, yeah, that was bravery right so there. You should brave. get a medal for standing up. Wow. But, yeah, I was able to recognize it, had her stand up, hold my hand. We're going to pray. That's powerful. We're going to bind. We're going to break. Yeah. Because we don't talk like this, and I'm not le- letting the devil have a foothold. Yeah, that was so good. Yep. <clears throat> So handle the bomb together. Yes. Here's the deal. He's going to look at the bomb, and I'm going to look at the bomb, and we're going to have two very different ways to dismantle it. Oh, yeah. Let me tell you my way. So my way, I'm, I'm like a processor, detail-oriented, so I'm going to look at the bomb, find the instruction manual on Google, print it, highlight it. I'm then going to go through the process sequentially so we don't make any mistakes, so we're safe, and the bomb is diffused. Now, that's how I like to roll. Here's the better way to handle it. Yeah. You could just right in the moment be like, hey, let's not spend all this time on it. We don't need to research it. We know there's a problem. So let's talk about it right now. Let's talk about it right now. Right now until it's resolved. That's not always a good idea. Okay. And then someone cuts the red wire and the bomb freaking goes off. (laughs) Just saying. Just saying. We have both cut so the red gotta wire. So we got to find a way to mutually yeah. diffuse You're the You're not bomb. blaming the red wire cutting not just on, on you. Me. Not at all. So. Analogy. So, Charles, how do you <laughs> teach us, Charles, yeah. how do you avoid the bomb going off? All right. Number one is uh, you got to recognize the situation where it's a short fuse. So generally, high emotions are involved. Yeah. And so to diffuse that, if someone's starting to get elevated in tone, animated, angry, talking louder, you're like, hey, 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 let's calm down here. You know, there's no reason no, to No, don't rape. say calm down. <laughs> Stick to the notes, Charles. See, that was planned. Okay, then you've got to go plan B. You're right, babe. I should not have said calm down. The bomb just down. went off. Yeah. <laughs> I said, hey, let's talk about this, you know, at a comfortable tone, and let's find a way to solve it together. Okay. So here's what we do sometimes when it gets like that. We literally do shelve it and go, okay, we're going to talk about this Saturday when we go out for coffee. Yeah. You know, and Pastor John and Becky already so brilliantly talked about that, so I'm not going to go over it again. But I've made notes in my phone, not because I'm keeping a record of wrong, but because maybe it's an area we keep circling around, and I want to do it when I'm not emotional, because we don't make good decisions when we're emotional. We're not thinking rationally when we're emotional. And I want to, and and truly, we want to resolve it. Mm -hmm. So that's the best way to do it. Um, come up with a solution together, work as a team, and diffuse the bomb. Yeah, because a lot of times you'll have an approach, she'll have an approach, but you got to find out what's a joint approach. That's where the real work is at. So you may not always get to do it your way. She may not always get to do it her way, but let's find a way where we both agree and we can diffuse it together. Yeah, yeah. 
work as a team. Yep. We learn mm -hmm. a lot from each other oh, for yeah. sure. Matthew 12, 25 says, a house divided cannot stand. It. It's yep. better to be unified than to be right. Mm -hmm. The Bible. It, yeah, it yeah. says where there is unity, God commands a blessing. Yep. So think about that. You want to be blessed, bring unity to your house That's and your right. relationship. So there are times when I'll look at him and I'll be like, do you want to be right? Or do you want to have unity in the house? And it's convicting <laughs> yes. for when we both do that. So he thinks he's always right. And I let him think he's always right. So it kind of works. <laughs> I like kidding. that plan. I'm kidding. <laughs> But um, in the short time that we have, I'm going to be really vulnerable with you. Um, there's one thing that the Holy Spirit really said to me in a moment. I'm still actually, like, moved by it. And so I'm going to share it with you because I think it'll help. Um, again, we were probably not diffusing the bomb well. And we were, I was like, okay, God, seriously. Like, I told you, I don't doubt we're supposed to be together because I, God put us together, which is why I'm telling you singles to do it like that. But there have been times that I've been like, why have you made us so different? Like, this is so hard. Like, legitimately, like, we look at everything differently, which I've learned is a gift. But in moments, it's a struggle. And I really felt the Holy Spirit say, and I, I was asking legitimately why. I wasn't just having a frustrating moment with God, which you, you can have those. But, but sometimes you need to go to God and just be like, what am I not seeing here? What, what am I missing in this moment? Like, why... Am I this, why does this take me this frustration? Or why do we keep hitting this wall? And I felt like God said to me, what if the things that I put in him that you see as faults that frustrate you are the very things that I'm trying to use to shape you? Yeah. And I was like, oh, wow. And like the, the Bible verse of ironing sh iron sharpens iron came to my, my mind because I know we use that for our emergement and it 100% applies there. But you know what? Guess where there's sparks? Marriage. Yeah. So this is where God, God has created marriage. He doesn't create things to frustrate us. He doesn't give us things that are bad. He gives us things to refine us. And I truly believe, and I tell young couples that are getting married, like, listen, I mean, this is why usually you're attracted to someone that's opposite than you, you know, because it's not necessarily supposed to be easy. Do you want to be comfortable or do you want to grow? Do you want to let God like go ahead and use those things that, that are prickling you to sharpen you down and to let them sharpen you and to figure out, wow, this really bothers me, God. What? Why? Like, what is it that I need to work on? And so in that moment, I had to, um, I had to realize that I was holding some resentment in my heart. And I had to realize that there were things that either I expected of him or even things that maybe he had said that he was going to do and then just didn't follow through for whatever reason. And I was holding resentment. You know, you can, you know that that's happening when like all of a sudden, like your spouse just can't do anything right, you know? And I'm not talking about like his chewing is annoying. Like, I mean, like literally it's like everything's, anno everything's annoying. And I, and when you have those moments, you need to be like, Ooh, yuck. Like, what is that? Because again, I was letting the devil come in and talk to me and I was holding on to that. Here's the deal. When you hold on to resentment and unforgiveness, I, it's a choice. Like when you, when you finally realize what it is and when you've let God reveal it to you and when you've sat in this house and you've learned about it a little bit and you're still holding on to it, it's a choice. Yeah. 
Like, it, that's actually really empowering. Like, I could choose whenever I wanted to let that go. But up until this point, for some reason, it was serving me. Maybe it was like helping the thoughts that were coming in my head that Pastor Becky so beautifully talked about last Wednesday night, you know, where like I would be frustrated and the thought would come into my head, like, it's fine, I have to do everything, it's fine. You know, like if you hold on to that resentment, it's a spirit. And then when I would say that, it was like, it would just like solidify how I felt, right? I don't want that in my life. And I had to really repent and I had to go to God and I had to repent and I had to say, I've been holding this and I don't wanna hold it any longer. I had to go to Charles and I had to ask him for forgiveness. And I wrote it on my, my, my card and I shredded it. And so I, I see that a lot when, when it's ministry time and people come to the altar and they've heard like the most beautiful word and, and now, they, now they're armed with like how to get to the next level. And it's just unforgiveness that's holding them back. It's just resentment that's like they built up a wall. And, and I just felt really strongly tonight that I don't want anyone to leave here with any of that. If there's any resentment, if there's any unforgiveness, whether it's with an ex, whether it's with family, whether it's in your relationships, your dating relationships, your friendships, and definitely in your marriage, I just want to have a little time right now where God can really search our hearts and do that. Would that be okay? All right, let's stand up for a minute. Thank you, Jesus. So right now, as the music plays behind us, let's just close our eyes. I just thank you, God, that you're here in this moment with us. And I thank you, God, that just like you did to me, Lord, you're just going to reveal things in our heart. God, your Bible says, search my heart, God. So right now, we're just going to let you search our hearts. You're going to show us things that we've been holding on to, that for whatever reason, we've been holding on to them because they're serving us. And... But what they're also doing is what we're learning is they're, they're stopping us from all that you have for us. They're stopping from the peace. It's stopping God bringing you the joy. It's stopping God bringing you maybe the person and opportunities. It's, it's like a dam that stops it up. And so God is just gonna, the Holy Spirit is so beautiful and he's so gentle and he always wants the best for you. So he's gonna just reveal to you in this moment and I'm going to pray. And even, even if, I don't know if you're, I didn't plan on this, but if you're standing by your spouse and you want to say something or you want to offer forgiveness, you can do that in this moment. We're just going to let God move in this moment. We're just going to let God search our hearts. God, we don't want anything to stop us from what you have for us, Lord. We don't want anything to keep us from the next level that you have for us, from the joy that you have for us, from the breakthrough that you have for us, God. I declare right now that this is a moment of breakthrough for people. I thank you right now, God, that there are people that are seeing, God, what it is that is that they have been holding on to, God. And, and we speak right now to that spirit of, of resentment, that spirit of control, and I break you right now in the name of Jesus. I claim, God, over their lives and over their minds and over their hearts and definitely over their futures, there is no hold anymore right now in the 
name of Jesus. We cancel any agreements, anything that have come out of our mouth, God, that has lined up with, with what the devil says who we are. That is not our identity, and we break that right now in the name of Jesus. We claim, God, that there is incredible things coming for us. There is peace. There is joy. There is beautiful relationships. There is reconciliation. There is reconciliation for you. There's many of you here tonight that have been praying for that, whether it's in a family, whether it's um, in your relationships, and God can do that. He can bring reconciliation. So we just thank you for that right now, God. We thank you for this moment that's holy and precious. We thank you, God, that we're not going to walk out of here the same way that we came in. There is already a different level of peace in us, Lord. They're going to have new eyes to see our spouse, our boyfriend, our girlfriend, our fiance, our family in a different way. And we thank you for that, Jesus. I just want to just encourage everybody here in this moment that, uh, you know, remember back when you got married and what God has joined together, let no man separate. And so that could be a man or woman in the relationship. And things changed for me in my marriage when I didn't see my spouse as someone different. I saw her as my other half and whatever she was feeling, whatever she was hurting from, then that is my other half. That is my body. That is part of our unity. And so you work together in this moment and you don't find fault. You try to find forgiveness. And it takes someone to go first, someone to be a big person and say, honey, I forgive you. Can you forgive me? Forgive me for all the things I have failed in. I wanna be a better man, a better woman. I want our marriage to be a thriving example for all to see. I'm willing to draw a line in the sand tonight. And we leave the past in the past and we remember those words of our Savior on the cross that went through every kind of abuse we can't even imagine. And in the end, he said, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. So when we have that same spirit in relationships to forgive, the devil wants to trap you in unforgiveness but God wants to free you in forgiveness. So thank you, God, for the restoration of marriages. Thank you for just having them lean on you. Many times I had to go on a God walk because we weren't seeing eye to eye. And God, you're always there to keep the unity, to keep that Trinity together. God, the husband, the wife. So God, may they seek you in those tough times. And God, you will always provide the answer to build that marriage. And I thank you, God, that hope is rising in here tonight. I thank you, God, for every single person that has been praying for a spouse, every single person, God, that knows that you have the best thing out there for them. I thank you, God, right now that you just reveal anything in them, God, that they need to work on, that they need to be. I thank you, God, that you're going to put a smile on their face because they can believe, God, that you have the best for them, God. I thank you, Lord, for people around them that come around them and speak life into them, that agree with them and pray for them for the promises for the desires of their heart I thank you God that you said it is not good for man to be alone so I thank you God that in their season that they're in right now Lord that they seek after you that they seek your face first and all of these things will be added unto you so I just thank you God that it is all coming for them I thank you God that hope is rising I thank you God that there are opportunities that they're going to say yes to that are going to bring people in their life that they have been praying for that they have been imagining for and we 
thank you for those things. Thank you, Jesus. Wow, what an amazing word. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Hey, listen, for more information about our church, go to www.awakenchurch.com or subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already and download our app. It is amazing. It is chock full of incredible messages, information about upcoming events, and you can even support our ministry if you feel so inclined. We loved having you with us today. We look forward to seeing you again. God bless you. Live a life that is transformative. Bye for now.